yo, 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 what up, what up, good morning, good morning, GMG, and Monday, October 23rd, 2023, wait, ah, look at that, another beautiful day to have a beautiful day, I got my co-host in the house, Osef, Mondo, what's up, y'all? Happy Mondo, life. Mondo, <laughs> you sound worse for wear, dude. Like, how was yeah. your weekend? Dude, I had a fire weekend, but the voice, the voice yesterday, you know, the voice, the voice that, uh, the voice is gone. Well, it'll be back tomorrow morning. I had to, we did a little celebrating double points day, you know, so, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big, points? I'm a big Williams racing guy now. Big. Oh, wow. Big Williams racing to give me all the gear. We double pointed because Leclerc and Hamilton got DQ'd. And so we ended 11 12. Oh, so we got, bumped up, we got bumped up to 9 10. So it was Logan Sargent's first points, first American points in 30 years in Austin. That's what I call freedom points, baby. Let's go. But <laughs> Williams had a lot of famous races, you know, over the years. Dude. I did my research. You know, Jacques Villeneuve in '97 won the won the. He's from Montreal. Won the Williams. He did with Williams Renault back then. You know, Pablo Montoya, legend. You already know the vibes. You know, the second Montoya. Second God, yeah. I used to love Montoya um, as a kid. Mansell, the, nice, the famous one. Mansell and Prost, isn't it? Yeah, Prost was good, and then um, they have the second most constructor championships. It's a lot of history. Yeah. We'll get into it. But how's your weekend, boys? How was your weekend? Pretty, uh, pretty, not much to, to really write home about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, was how, was how was that? How was that? It was fine. It was fine in the end. It's just the weather was so bad this weekend. It was like real. Like, I left. Obviously, it's bad. I left. Yeah. It was like extra bad this weekend. Yeah. Um, you went to Stonehenge. Yeah, I saw that. How was Stonehenge, dude? It's just also like a massive anticlimax. I think Stonehenge was like on our way back home. So I was like, oh, let's just go to Stonehenge. But it was like freezing, um, windy, crowded. You couldn't actually go past the barriers. Uh, it was like so miserable that we literally went there for like 10 seconds. I was like, oh, let's go. Let's people, go. people say Stonehenge is like the, the biggest disappointment alongside Mount Rushmore of all these like monuments you may have heard of. Yeah. I, I've I mean, never been. I reckon if you go there for like the summer solstice and you can like get inside the ring and stuff, it might be quite cool. But I bet you it's really crowded then as well. So yeah, I don't know. It's just um, so I wouldn't not... I wouldn't recommend it if you're. So in... was it not aliens? Uh, I mean, I do think it was either created by aliens or some kind of like upper force. I believe in that for sure. But I don't think you see anything when you're there. You know. Ah, uh, well, look. Um, I was expecting for you to tell me that when I asked you how it was, I was expecting you to tell me it rocked, but, was, but, uh, that's not happening. Mando, <laughs> it's not even funny. Uh, how is, am I not going through the mic? I'm going through the mic, right? Yeah, uh, I audio. Oh, I am not. I am not. We are going through the microphone. We're good now. Now you're through the mic, yeah. Now through the mic. Sorry, y'all. Uh, I'll be back at my station tomorrow. Oh, no. Actually, today. I'm flying late. I'm flying after the show. Mendo, how was your weekend, baby? How is Portugal? Lovely. Lovely, man. My brother just texted me like 30 minutes ago. He's like, do you know a friend who would have like a free couch for a really nice guy? And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to Lisbon. <laughs> really? He's come. Oh, 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 yeah. Obviously, uh, he's not gonna go sleep on your couch, but uh, you guys should link up. It'll be funny. Hit me um, up. He's a great kid. He's a great kid. So he's gonna. He's still on his Euro tour. You know, he's supposed to be studying abroad in Nice, and I don't think he's been in Nice much uh, in the last in the last month or two. But it's good. You know, he was in my mom's basement until twenty one years old. So it's uh, it's good to get out there. And, uh, and sounds like he's been a naughty boy out there. He's fucking everywhere, dude. He's like. I'm going to Barcelona, then Lisbon, then I'm doing uh, Milano, then I'm doing fucking back for October. I'm here like, dude, I don't even know what you're doing, but I did the same thing. I was just like, I'm trying to keep him in line so he finishes school because one of us dropping out of law school is enough for my mother's heart. So <laughs> <laughs> the other day, the kid's like, yo, you know what? 
you know, screw this. You were right. Like, should start a business. I was like, nah, bro. I was like, I was like, please. He te- I literally texted him back. Shut the fuck up. Nah, <laughs> word for nah, word. Bro. Word for word. I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no. Anyways, today on the show, today, today, um, October, so bad, dude, so bad, dude, it's so good when Mando has that bullish shine on him, because, like, when you turn bearish for, like, 48 hours, I was miserable, but we're so back, so market update, is the bull back, uh, crypto continues to rallies, you know, led by Link, Matic, Solana, I saw, uh, ran hard, uh, over the weekend, of course, Bitcoin, ETH, the whole market is on fire, it is October after all, like, we try to tell y'all, not just us, the entire timeline, that October is historically uh, up. Uh, second of all, FYI in Austin, quick little recap um, of, uh, of what we did in, uh, in, uh, in Austin, Texas, uh, with Kraken and Williams. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is bullish. The author predicts $135,000 Bitcoin price. You got to love when everybody starts predicting Bitcoin prices again. Oh my God. If that's not a signal to sell everything until we actually run in January. Um, <laughs> how fitty, how fitty is not Satoshi. Oh no, we didn't know that. However, there's a new analysis that suggests that he really is not. Uh, he's just LARPing I think, on the Bitcoin account, right? Uh, and then Xcopy, Xcopy has a new drop. Um, I did not see that coming, but he does have his new drop called Algo Bro. And then last but not least, we'll join by Richard Zeng. Richard Zeng, Stubbs artist this week for the City of Angels. Richard's a little homie. If you remember the 15-year-old photographer crushing in the space, that is Richard. So super happy that he's doing the Stubbs with us. And as usual, as usual, as usual, this show is powered by Kraken NFT. Go check him out. Rockradio.com forward slash. No. Kraken.com forward slash rug radio. But anyways, anyways, without further ado, let's talk about this market. Ovi, what's happening in the market? What's happening in macroeconomics? Not really anything in macro, to be honest with you. We had a week close last week. Um, interest rates were the big mover. They've rallied a lot today. I think 10-year hit. 10-year was at 5% this morning, which is the highest level it's been since 2007. Um, that's now rallied all the way back to 4.9%. Equities aren't really moving, but they had a, a tough close uh, on Friday. They're actually, if you take Friday's close, equities are back to uh, the lows of uh, the end of June. So the last three or four months have actually been pretty, everyone's like, oh, equities keep going higher, keep going higher, keep going higher. But the actual, the last three or four months have actually been pretty tough, especially the last week for equities um, was one of the worst weeks we've had in a while. Uh, crypto like, is strong. It seems to be, it seems to be catching another wind. And I think it was, late on Sunday, our time in Europe time, where we saw another Bitcoin take another leg up to 30.7K. Um, we started to see ETH perform again, having been underperformed for a long while. We're up to 1680 on that. Altcoins are, are all participating in the rally. You know, when I, earlier this morning, it felt like that was about to fade. And I think Bitcoin dropped all the way back to 30.3 or 30.4, but it looks like we're back up again today. So it's definitely an interesting one. I see a lot of, you know, the timeline is really mixed. Like, a lot of people are bullish and I see a lot of people trying to fade this move as well. And, you know, people, a very common thought right now is we'll see one more crash before we get up only, or we'll see like, you know, one more crash, uh, before the end of this year, maybe one in Q1 and then we go up only. So, um, I think, I don't know, I don't really know what to expect, but in my seat, I definitely feel like I don't want to take any risk off because, you know, I don't want to sell stuff and then we never really get that one more crash. Then we just keep going up. And that's, that I think is going to catch a lot of people out. Um, and so for me, I'd rather just like, you know, wear the crash if we get one and then, and then add, add risk there if we do get one and then, you know, see things go up again. But, um, crypto, yeah, it's just strong across the board. It was, it was like, you know, last week was like a story of Bitcoin strength. It does feel like everything is now starting to rally a bit yeah. here and participating, which is, I think I, I, to be honest with you, I think it's what you'd expect. I think Bitcoin leads the way and then everything else catches up. Um, Bitcoin dominance hit, hit a new high this morning, though, right? Uh, did it? Some things are, yeah. Bitcoin dominance is still, it's, it keeps on hitting a new high. It's, I, I mean, it's, so. it's the same level as it was last week. Let's have from a look. what I looked, I mean, I, I yeah, just it's the same. Time, it's, it was hit, 52. Bitcoin dominance hits all time high. Oh, wow. 52.7 last week, and it's 52.5 today. 
maybe yeah. I just saw I just saw the headline. Yeah. I mean, it's still it's still very strong. Like it's still fifty to five. Like this is like it's, it's still, strong, but like considering yeah. last week's rally was Bitcoin dominance increasing and ETH Bitcoin going lower. Right. Today's rally is uh, ETH Bitcoin going higher and ETH and Bitcoin dominance actually going a little bit lower. So, or, you know, staying in line with where it was last week. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's not, last week was like basically just Bitcoin rallying um, and a few other things. Whereas this week is like, it seems like everything is rallying. This, yeah. this time everything is catching up. Yeah. It's definitely rallying at the same time. I would agree with that. I still yeah. think it's Bitcoin leading the way. If Bitcoin drops, I think this whole rally could, could basically yeah. I think if Bitcoin holds here, I think you start continue to see other stuff rally. But yeah, if it drops back below 30k, then you know everything will sell off again. I think. I have a question. How do you guys feel about ETH here? Because like, I was looking into it over the weekend a little bit, <clears throat> and I thought it was hilarious. Like, my sentiment was that obviously it was trailing behind, and it ended up kind of breaking out yesterday. But the entire timeline was been saying that they're bearish on ETH and that. The ultrasound money narrative is not working right now because we are inflationary. Or we were, I got to check you know, the update today, but we definitely were on Friday. Um, and even the Bitcoin account, you know, on uh, even even at Bitcoin on Twitter was making fun of ETH with the empty wallet. Oh, really? You, that, you didn't see that? Oh my yeah. God. So they posted the photo of the an empty, um, an empty wallet and they're like, oh, Ethereum. They're like mocking on Ethereum. And I was like, okay. Like, but to me, like, I thought it was hilarious, and then ETH ended up kind of running. But how do you guys feel about ETH here? I think I think the ultrasound money thing it frustrates me because people just use it to their narrative whenever they want to, and exactly like it was deflationary for a long time, and now it's inflationary, and like we know that it's going to fluctuate between the two based on activity. Like we know it's not going to stay one way at any time. So it's just like um, I don't, that's maybe not the best way to look at it. I think the best way to look at it is the difference in supply chain since the merge and. You know, right now, under proof of uh, stake, we've had an increase in 9,000 ETH. And if had if you were selling a proof of work, it would have been an increase in 90,000 ETH. So, like, it has made a difference. And yes, when activity picks up, it will become deflationary. When it gets quieter, it will become inflationary. But that's just like, you know, it's not really telling. It's not really like, oh, this is worrying because now suddenly it's yeah. inflationary. And then suddenly everyone gets bullish when it's like deflationary. And it's just the same thing as like people getting bullish at high prices and bearish at low prices. Like, I just think the thought process there is the wrong way around. And um, ETH has underperformed because Vitalik sold, because maybe activity on, on the platform was lower and Bitcoin has had never sold. said he never sold. Well, the, sorry, the ETH Foundation sold. Um, they definitely did. The ETH Foundation sold. So like, yeah, it's, it's they like- They sold the bottom for once. Like it doesn't, for me, it doesn't change. They're, I think they're all technical factors. And I think Bitcoin has had some uh, factors very specific to bitcoin that's caused it to rally so and i think a lot of people have that trade on where they're along bitcoin and short eth so i think they're all technical reasons to why eth is underperformed and it feels like it's set to out you know bounce back here um but i don't think like fundamentally i don't think anything has changed and i wouldn't just be like in my head i'm not just like oh it's inflationary now so it's shit like i think that's the wrong way to think about it yeah we've printed eight thousand ETH in, in a week um but if you Someone right. zoom out. You'll see that we've also burned like two hundred fifty thousand ETH since the merge. <laughs> so, it's, right. so you know, win some, uh, lose some. But yeah, I was just curious because I I saw the memes. I saw everyone on CT kind of mocking ETH, saying it's over. Um, you know, a lot of the Ordinals crowd dancing on Ethereum's grave. Thought it was funny. So, um, you know, I just no. I this just isn't the end of. This isn't the end of it. I just think the the narratives is just it's just been with Bitcoin. Uh, I think yeah. until the ETF comes, of of it course. will be. I don't think you, you can expect some like massive. But then I think after the ETF is out, I actually think it could be reversed. Yeah, but, don't forget there are there are two spot ETH ETF applications out there right now, and there will probably be more. Like if BlackRock files one, so far it's just been Arc, and I think can't remember the other person. The other, maybe did one. Yeah, exactly that filed them. But if BlackRock files one or Fidelity files one, then that's huge because that's like BlackRock support for ETH. You know, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't. Like, if Ark is filing it and they're getting an advantage there from the early file, I don't see why other people wouldn't. Right. So that's the next, it's like the next part of the thing. So for me, like, I think if you're playing Bitcoin on that trade, I would rather, 
I think from a return standpoint, I think you're going to actually do better on ETH over that time frame. I think. Yeah. Maybe I don't, the time frame is maybe like six months, but um, maybe, or maybe even longer than that. But I do think you'll see right now you're seeing macro people and non-crypto people buying Bitcoin on this ETF stuff because I think there's a high probability of it being uh, approved. You will then, when when Bitcoin outperforms a lot, and it already has, maybe there's more to come, I don't know, but you will then see crypto people try and outperform Bitcoin. The natural move there is ETH. And then you will see ETH people try and outperform ETH. And then the natural move there is other altcoins. And eventually it will be NFTs, but that's you know much further than the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still believe that that's going to be the process of motion uh, that we will see for, for crypto. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm definitely feeling something. It's starting to rumble slowly. The people are starting to like crypto again. <laughs> slowly. You yeah, know? you saw that. Slowly. Like, I think search terms for Bitcoin yeah. have gone up again. Yeah. Uh, it's Bitcoin ETF, which have gone up. They've got of like course, skyrocketed. Right. Still. still. I'm still like, a little bit wary here. It does feel like there's a lot of Moon Boys chat on the on the timeline yes um, that too like uh, i would just be wary putting massive amounts of leverage or anything like that but i uh, it does feel good every dip so far is being bought um but uh yeah just be careful listen we have not celebrated shit on this show we made an agreement last two times we hit 2100 and we got wrecked we still have not played the pump it up song we haven't played any song however I did notice that our favorite green coin made it back, made its way back into the top 100. So you love to see it. Oh, Definitely love to see meme, that. Meme coins are doing well, you know, like, like yeah, they are. Pepe's up, Harry Potter is up, like Mark is up. A bunch Big of different time. meme coins are all up. And again, I think that's like, it's the propensity of current market players mm-hmm. who know and who are ready that there is going to be this like massive leg higher at some point. And they're like, shit, like, mm-hmm. is now the time I can buy these meme coins? And now the time I can buy this high beta stuff so I can make that like, you're not gonna make, you're not gonna make hundred X on Bitcoin, right? Or 50 X right. or even 10 X, but you are on lots of different things. Which Bitcoin? Think... Ticker Bitcoin? <laughs> the, the, you're not gonna make hundred X on, on Boomer Bitcoin. Um, oh, Boomer Bitcoin. Okay. But, but you, you possibly will on some of this other stuff. And I think people are very aware of that. So every time you have this move high, you see all that other stuff move aggressively because you know, you might, it might not be this time. It may well not be this time. Um, but the time is your upside is hundred X and when you get it wrong, your downside is like 20, 30 or 40 or 50%. So, you know, everyone is playing that game right now. I think people who have seen cycles before and, and been in crypto bull markets before, and I don't think it's a bad game to play probability adjusted. You just need to make sure you're, you're in the game and you don't wipe out your liquidity, but, um, you just see it and you're seeing it once again, like everyone's like going for mean coins now because they could do a 10 X or a 20 X or 50 X, whatever it is. And if Bitcoin drops back to 26K, they'll crash 60% and people will get wrecked. But, um, you know, it's your, your people are playing for this big moonshot now. Yeah. I can, like, they I can feel are. it. Um, and I think they'll keep throwing, you know, I think they'll keep throwing darts until, until it eventually hits. Dude, at this stage, like, we have waited so long for this and we're so close to January. You can give me another nuke. That's nothing. That'll be like a fucking, like, pinch on the, pinch on your, on my arm. Like, you can, you can, I've been kicked in the ball so much over the last two years, man. Like you, <laughs> we have we collectively as a as a community, especially NFT fans, the, the NFT fans. So we definitely we definitely have had it. Uh, but let me tell you that in general, the sentiment is kind of cool, uh, which leads me to my next topic because I did a ton of street interviews about crypto, and I want to talk to you guys about that over the weekend. But topic number two, F one in Austin, Rock Radio heads to Texas with. Kraken. So, uh, obviously, huge shout out to our partners at Kraken uh, that got us, uh, you know, Thread Guy and myself uh, out to Austin uh, for the US GP, which was really just like super special. And the reason why we're here is actually, you know, uh, NFTs and crypto. And let me tell you something really fun. We were at the fan zone. So, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we had to cover like Williams does really cool fan zones. Like they do six of them for six races around the world during the year, where it's like a free fan zone. Like the drivers come, like you know, button came, like some legends. Some, there's like all the thing you can imagine. People from all teams come because like no other team really does this like for free and accessible. And um, actually, Snowfall pulled up was pretty cool. But <clears throat> but anyways, um, so their friend zone and Kraken. You know, it was powered by Kraken and everything. But they were doing this thing, right? This this 
exact thing called a grid pass. Actually, I have it on my desk. And so about 11,000 people claimed a free digital collectible, not an NFT, free digital collectible um, over this last week. But what was cool is that you would walk in, right? And they would offer to like send you up to Kraken, blah, blah. You get a free NFT. And the NFT, what it does, it gets you like, you know, all sorts of access to like Williams Racing from like, you know, private transfer, private Q&A with the drivers to like seeing the memorabilia from, from Williams Racing to like 50, per, like, you know, a bunch of stuff in store, blah, blah. We talked about it last week. So don't want to go over it too much. But again, like just a great use case for like the technology. And so on Friday, like one of our like deliverables was like, let's do a bunch of like street interviews that you're all going to see on the timeline, I think, over the next week. And we did like maybe 30, 40, 50 people that we went to and we stopped. We're like, yo, like, you know, do you know what an NFT is? First of all, everybody, like a lot of people knew what an NFT was. Second of all, not a single time did I get an answer back saying, oh, it's NFT, like this is a scam or whatever. Not once. Like this is stuff you only see like on Instagram. And then the third thing is a lot of people were crypto curious or like down for it. So a lot of people were not obviously like crypto, blah, blah, blah. But like they really like <clears throat> liked the idea that like it was a crypto exchange. A lot of them, of course, were talking about Bitcoin Mando. Like it would be like, oh, what's the one, you know, cryptocurrency that, you know, you know, or that you like. And a lot of people are saying, well, Bitcoin, you know, because again, like safe haven or whatever, the one that's like leading the crypto brand, obviously. And a lot of people signed up for the first NFT. And like when I told them like, oh, it's an NFT, like, you know, we're saying digital collectible, but like I was like, hey, you know, this is an NFT. And a lot of people liked it. And a lot of people uh, liked the use case. So I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, to do something like that. It was not like negative. Like I, I wish for the camera that we had like a reaction of someone saying like, it's a scam, but we did it. Like, and we tried, <laughs> like we, we interviewed a lot of people and a lot of people actually really like it. And uh, I couldn't stop but noticing in F1 in general, how many crypto sponsors there are. Like mm. almost every single team has a crypto sponsor. Like there's like five exchanges that have a sponsorship there. And then you have a whole bunch of other products. Like you even have a blockchain, like Tezos, I think on the Alfa Romeo car or something. But it's actually impressive to see how like deeply ingrained crypto is. And I couldn't stop thinking that crypto is like, is using F1 as a Trojan horse to the masses. And it's actually really interesting to watch because every single thing is crypto related. Even stake is, you know, it's a crypto casino in a way, right? So even they've got a car. And I think one of the better cars too, one of the bigger teams, but like there's just a ton going on and it was a lot of fun, man. So we got to create content there. Um, they took us to the, to the paddock, which was like literally like where the team owner and like the whole team like hangs out. Um, obviously got to meet the team owner and whatnot. Actually, fun fact, uh, Ovi, the ex-CEO of Manchester United is at Williams now. Um, and so oh, shit, no he was, you know, the guy that was CEO of Man U and, Man and uh, Chelsea? Yeah, so, Peter Griffin. Yeah. Uh, no, Chris Kenyon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Peter, him. Peter hey, Kenyon. No, Peter no, Kenyon. No, Kenyon. Peter Kenyon. Peter yeah. Kenyon. So, you know, said so we were the good luck charms. Uh, but uh, so he he's was bad, out there. He's a bad guy. <laughs> but uh, a, I, a great I, guy now he's at williams yes it was a, yeah bullish uh but you know it was <laughs> listen, i'm a big williams guy now you know i'm a big williams racing guy now you know i'm a big f1 guy it was funny though like everybody was like you know all the f1 like podcasters like it's more on the nerdy side data blah blah and yet Trey guy and i just like running laps around like the whole like paddock where all the teams are because you have access to every other team's paddock. You just can't go in, but they have all like, by the way, uh, your, your prince was there, Prince Harry. Uh, but <laughs> Elon oh, was wow. there. Yeah, Prince Harry was there hanging out in the um, AMG, uh, you know, uh, garage. Uh, you had uh, Elon was there. Like there was a whole bunch of people. It was crazy. Uh, but it was, just, it was just a lot of fun. It was crazy. The craziest part is for the start of the race and the end of the race, they got us in the garage. I say garage now because of the British. <laughs> they got us in the garage. Uh, <laughs> man, I feel like I've been talking British English for the last month. I swear to God. From London to a week here with the Brits. It's been great. But um, anyways, so they got us in the garage with the headsets. And you can hear everything they were saying. Like to the drivers. All the way to the end of the race. It was crazy. It was a lot of fun. I mean, Mando, uh, let me ask you something. Are you an F1 fan? And why is Williams your favorite team? 
<laughs> of course I'm an F1 fan. Everyone's an F1 fan. I think everyone, particularly after the Netflix thing, right? Like even, yeah. even my wife. Oh, we like, saw him. Yeah. We saw the guy. We saw the guy, the Netflix show. Like he was walking around like filming. I've been watching it for years, yeah. Um, like I said, Williams haven't had the most competitive car for the last few years, but like they're an OG team, right? They have, they've yeah. been around some of the 19, early 1990s. 1970s. Was Mansell 70s? I think yeah, 1977. Did oh, my wow. research. Mm-hmm. Um, Something like that. No. I swear. 1991, 1997. The team was formed in 1977 after yeah, yeah, Frank yeah, yeah, Williams. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's when when Nigel Mansell was was, um, oh. was driving for them. He's like, he's like their OG, most famous, most decorated driver, right? I think he's won. How many did he wow. win for them? Um, he definitely won a few championships, uh, both of Williams, uh, I think late 80s and, and early 90s. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they're an OG team, man. And like I said, I, I'm, you know, I, I met one of the drivers. Well, not really met him, just kind of walked past him. That's true. Yo, we got to hang out with Alex Albon. So it was so fun. Like we got to interview both drivers um, on Wednesday. Uh, videos are coming, I think tomorrow. Three guys posting a whole like episode three, like, on X and everything, and we'll be posted everywhere. So there's going to be a lot of content coming up from our end, <clears throat> which was really cool. But it was just fun um, to, to be there and to, uh, and to cover it, like with Raguido and everything, and just to let it be on the track. Like before we had a pit walk on the track, like we got to see everything. Like it was so fun. And then <clears throat> we scored points. So it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And then last night we saw Alex Sabon because we had the Williams um, after party. After we found out that we also scored points, and it was so fun. It was at the W as well because Williams W get it. But um, but Alex was there, and I went and showed him the video of Thread Guy. We're like, "Yo, if this sits on the K, you owe us shoes." And uh, <laughs> he saw it. He loved it. It was so funny. So listen, you know, I think uh, I think it's a good way, man. Like uh, crypto brands, like you know. Cleaning up the the crypto brand after the whole FTX thing because there was a lot of FTX hats. Because I don't know if you remember, FTX was sponsoring Mercedes. I didn't, but that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, so there was a lot of hats from last season with the FTX logo stuck going on. Was that last season was it? They I guess they were still going then. Yeah, it was, either last season or season before, but I think it's last yeah, season. Yeah, would have right? been last season. Yeah. they they would have imploded in within weeks of the Austin Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly a year ago, like this this time around. So, yeah. wow. Feels like 10 years. <sighs> That's crazy. But anyways, hopefully, and maybe, you'll see more of Rug Radio at uh, Formula One races, which is uh, which would be really cool. And I think a great way to trolling horse ourselves into the masses. But anyways, back to Bitcoin. Back to Bitcoin. Rich dad, poor dad is bullish. So, Robert Kiyosaki... Robert Kiyosaki has $135,000 per Bitcoin stop. He says, gold will soon break through $2,100 and then take off. You will wish you had bought gold below $2,000. Next up, gold, $3,700. Bitcoin testing, $30K. Next up, Bitcoin, $135K. Silver from 23 to 68 an ounce. Savers of fake dollars fucked. <laughs> Please tell your friends to wake up. Take care. I mean, I don't mind the predictions. <laughs> I I didn't even know he was a big one. He's pretty based, man. He's he's uh. You ever seen an interview with this guy? He's he just no, destroys interviewers. We should try and get him tell on the show just so he just absolutely destroys us. But he's um, yeah, he's a big, big Bitcoin guy and gold. Like he's he's a doomer, right? So he believes he believes that the whole U.S. system is about to collapse. Debt's gone out of out of out of control that like the only the lifeboats is crypto the lifeboats um is things like gold so it's a classic argument uh and just adding it to the uh to the range of different people coming in with with wild predictions there's a really good thing of like all the different predictions i think kathy was at the top then you've got arthur hayes then you've got robert kiyosaki then you've got um probably sailors in there. Um, and then you have like all the different banks have made their predictions, but not one of them seems to be like below 40 or 50 K over the next few months. So it's, um, very, very, very bullish from people 
probably talking up their bags. Obviously, you had um, Balaji saying like a million dollars, but that never happened. But it's uh, it is crazy how many people are lining up behind with these with these very very high uh, predictions. Listen, I'm 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 all for Bitcoin one thirty five because that probably means that ETH is above five six seven k here. Uh, <laughs> you ever read, read that book, Chris Dad Poor Dad? I did not. I did not. I'm not a big book guy. I'm not going to try and act like I am. I've heard about it. I know who Robert Kiyosaki is very well. I know of the book. Good but book. No, yeah. I, I, I look, I, I'm sure everybody says so. Uh, have you read it, Ovi? Have you read Rich Dad Poor Dad? Why? Your theme is just. Just kidding. <laughs> buy assets. Buy assets, yeah. don't buy liabilities. Just buy things that are going to appreciate in value or, or have an income stream attached. Isn't this guy like a billion dollars in debt? Yeah, well, I think he's I think he's worth a lot though. At the same time, but yeah, most most U.S. billionaires are in debt because of the tax reasons. Like there are mm. massive massive yeah, tax breaks for, for taking that debt. But he's um he is a big believer in in um, owning real assets, particularly real assets which produce um, income streams and or um, are decentralized pools of value. Definitely should try to get him on the show. Um, could be fun fun interview for. I've seen I've done about four different interviews with him where he just like destroys uh, the interviewer. We should try and get a moment like that. Not being smart enough, and it's uh, it's pretty uncomfortable to watch. I would love to see Ovi and Robert Kiyosaki have an interview for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think Ovi would be listening, which is <laughs> which is where it would be his main oh. issue. Ovi's definitely drawing. Ovi's definitely drawing right now. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> you're drawing i'm uh no i'm dealing with some admin bullshit but <laughs> i wish i was i love that what do you think 135k is that happening uh not this year but oh no <laughs> obviously well yeah some people think it could still <laughs> You see some of these predictions that were fucking wild for this year, man. For this year? Yeah. Well, I mean, I not this year, not sorry, not twenty twenty three. No one thinks twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. What do we? What do we? What do we? Allergy. Yeah, yeah dude. Oh. What? What happened to million dollar Bitcoin? You guys were the ones saying it was going to happen. I just wanted dude. to like, of you know, course, feel, yeah, fuel the fire. There. Market is I an just, aggregation of vibes, bro. Like, if I say it, yeah. and maybe a few more people might say it, it might happen. Exactly, yeah. and then we all believe it, and then, and then it. <laughs> you know what though? It's been it's been amazing to watch how strong the market has been, um, and it was a great weekend to have a great weekend. So, what, absolutely. What was the highs it. of Bitcoin this year? Are we there now? Thirty-one. And a half, and a, yeah, we here, right? Yeah, they, they, we're, we're yeah. yeah. Here, let me pull up the chart. Uh, the highs this year, if you go on daily chart, is thirty-one eight. On Binance, at least. So yeah. uh, probably hit 32 on some exchanges With if it's 31 in here. ETH is 2142, because I'm pretty sure I know that one by heart. Yeah. 2141. Yeah. yeah. We're room. nowhere near that. There's definitely room to run. Like, you know, last time Bitcoin was like at this price, ETH was 1860, which, I, which is something that I find interesting. Uh, so we're definitely lagging behind. Uh, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. My fellow ETH bulls, don't worry about it. Uh, it's going to happen nfa dyor uh blah 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 one thing is that i love seeing pop is solana like that 30 dollars solana is crazy like they, all you had to do is put all your money in solana at the beginning of the year uh and you didn't and on and i didn't either but it's okay it's okay uh yeah. because we are still early but anyways, uh next up next up how finny is not satoshi nakamoto bummer the investigator <laughs> Jameson Lop compiled archived emails from 2010, data from a 10-mile race in California in 20, 2009, and other evidence to make the argument. So, Mendo, you want to give us maybe a little recap of like who Halfini is and like why uh, this whole thing is still going on? I mean, there's a whole Bitcoin account. No, that Bitcoin is like Satoshi account that's like, you know, tweeting some wild stuff, claiming to be Satoshi and whatnot. They keep getting community noted. But who the hell is this Alfini guy? Halfinny is is one of the OGs of cryptocurrency, um, one of the original cypherpunks um, who was definitely around, but around in about the area when Bitcoin was 
was created. He has died since. I think he died in 2014 or 2013. Um, and he remains to be one of the main people that um, people speculate is Satoshi. Um, it would make sense given that wallet hasn't moved since. Um, and I, I mean, he did Satoshi did kind of go into hiding almost even before he died, but even before that period. But yeah, it's um, he's definitely speculated as one of the, the top ones. Anyway, no one's been able to prove anything. There are a few other people with their with their um, hat in the ring here. Uh, and many people have tried to claim that they're Satoshi for their own personal benefit. There have been a number of different court cases around that sort of stuff. Uh, but Hal Finney is probably people's top choice, I would say, or at least in their top two. Um, anyway, this is just new analysis. I mean, I looked into it. It seemed to be using like geo geolocation data to say he was like doing a run, a marathon, at the same time he was meant to be yeah. replying to emails. So... I don't know. Uh, I, I saw a good one which said that Adam Back is actually still kind of around, um, who runs like a Bitcoin mining company, I think, in Malta. He, um, I, 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 my money's on him. I think he, I think it might be him. But uh, yeah, how Finney is most people's top choice. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at the research here. It's, it's really good. So shout out to Jameson Lop uh, for posting. It. If you go L O P P on, um, on Twitter. And uh, you can see the thing. It's got 482k views. There's a lot of views on that thing. Um, Hal Finney was not Satoshi Nakamoto. A compilation uh, of evidence that Hal Finney and Satoshi Nakamoto were different people. And you're right. He does use the, the whole run. And uh, he also tells us that every single one of us is Satoshi Nakamoto. I mean, Ovi, 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 who is Satoshi Nakamoto? I think... <laughs> Just gonna pull something out of his ass here. No, I think it's a collective of people. I don't think it's just one person. I think it's a collective of people who were all okay. involved. How funny was possibly one of them. I, st I still believe maybe like Roger Ver, like all these like real old school guys from back in the day. I think it's a collective of people. I don't think it's just one person. Yeah, I think I think Satoshi Nakamoto is the guy on the Nakamoto card. You know, well, that's who they thought it was, right? Like that's yeah. the that is actually Satoshi Nakamoto, yeah. the real name. Actually, yeah. Um, who they found who lived in the area of California, which I believe was close to where Hal Finney lived. So people always said that he probably just met this guy and then just took his name. Um, <laughs> so there's like a lot of like, someone's going to have to do it. Do we, do we, do we even want to know? Like, I don't ever want to know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. Well, this is the big question. It's like this. He owns still a lot of Bitcoin. <laughs> um, How much Bitcoin does Satoshi have again? Like a million. He has a million oh, bitcoins. Some, something very, very high. Um, he's the number one holder. So people are still cognizant of him being around. Um, not just because of that, because, you know, there's a lot of questions about Bitcoin. They obviously had the block wars and various forks. And um, he had a view on a lot of this stuff. Um, so if he was still around and present, then it would be interesting to see if he, uh, if he still had a view. Um, like I said, there, there, there are a few different people in and around the area at that time. And what, what Ovi said, it could, it's hundred percent true. Like the, the, the white paper for Bitcoin was kind of shared around early doors and there were other white papers of, on similar sort of cryptographic, um, ideas, which were thrown around like a small group of people at that time. So it could arguably be a group of people could be one person leading it um but yeah still no one knows how finney is up there because he's actually died so the idea that the you know person has lost history does slightly that. fit into that but um if it's not him then yeah there's a, there's a few there's a few different people it could be my money's on adam back who's alive and may, has made a lot of money out of bitcoin um but we'll see all right, love that. And then last but not least, last topic of the X copy. Looks like X copy is back. Uh, X speaking of um, speaking of anonymous people. Um, what if X copy was Satoshi Nakamoto? Maybe. Okay. So X copy uh, has a new drop called Algo Bro. Have you guys looked at it? Yeah. It's like a new, latest one of one on his own uh, contract, new format, same vibes, fresh shell. 
I don't think, it's, right? It's on. It's his first one of one. That's I don't know if it's one of one or not. But it's the first piece of artwork that's on chain, I believe. I think it's. An, so, I think he's selling the two ether pop. I think it's like an edition of. Ooh, I need to double check how big the size is, but it's an edition of something. Um, I can't not, find the. I can't find the link. Personally, of, like of I, I know he posted. I yeah, know he posted the Argo, bro. Yeah. Two ether pop. Okay. Are you going to buy an Ikex copy edition of forty of forty-two two ether pop? I would buy, but but it'd be hard to buy. I don't know how. I mean, forty-two two ether pop, like market cap wise, like it's still it would be lower than his one of one. So yeah, that's cheap in, in many ways. It, it's it's like when you think about pricing wise, like it's definitely fair price for like X copy work. It's been a while, right, since we we we've seen some fresh work from X. It, it, Am I crazy to think that his last work was that Tesco Tetro? Remember when he dropped like five one of ones? We were on the show. We were talking about it. Yeah, he had he had four four one of ones on yeah the old super rare contract, um, and that was his last uh, last one. Yeah, got it, got it, got it. I mean, it looks like he's got some checks in there, some X's called Algo Bro. Uh, I I can't find the link to like the forty two one of ones. I'm assuming like maybe Roger Dickerman or something like covered it or talk about it yeah it's probably it's probably in his discord i'm guessing yeah i'm assuming it's in discord uh it's been a while since we've seen x copy drop speaking of which i was just looking at the grifter floor and like look at that this is something that's held very strong uh over the entire bear market like i looked many times like when the depth of the bear like thinking i could maybe snack something in the five six range never never popping, like, dude. Look across Dude. the board nfts are up let's pull it, it up Azuki's, oh no! Azuki's flipped everything. Um, it's back up to the third highest profile picture. It's a five point two five floor. So it's flip mutants, flip pudgies again. You have all the meme land stuff, which is up about thirty to fifty percent on the week out of that, that coin drop. Artifact shoes started shipping. I know that when I get home right now, I got a bunch of sneakers to go pick up. I'm hype. Yep, they're still going, I guess. Um, yeah, most most things up on the week about ten to twenty percent. In a week where ETH is up as well, um, MFers only like look, just look down the list. It's it's a oh wow, it's a who's who of stuff bouncing from a low. Oh, wow, what's Rick guy at? Oh, 0.5. Love to see it yeah. right there. 0.5, so yeah, it's not zero though. I don't like that. Stable coin, yeah. I, I, I mean, red guy should be zero. That's <laughs> that's uh, oh, look, we're about to flip cool cats. I think you have. Cause you're here. Oh no, maybe not. No, no. Uh, but anyways, what? Like, I I still don't understand why this is too easy. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, anyways, so until that's the case, then. Uh, anyways, so <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. Like, there's still projects that are like a few ETH. There's still no output. Like throughout the entire bear market, we had so much chances to make some noise. Uh, but anyway, so it's good to see though. It's good to see a bounce. Um and good I saw some wallet like sweep the shit out of Azuki over the weekend. So obviously like you know Asia is still buying. So as long as Asia's buying, our NFTs are alive. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Uh and then you know, we, you, what do you want? Is Saudis buying your Bitcoin and, and, and Asia buying your NFTs? Okay. Uh as long as that's going on, then 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 we're gonna make it. And then if they can carry us through the next bull market where the normies out west FOMO into that. It's going to happen. I think I was writing to you guys last week. We're like, I am convinced that we're going to see a world where like board apes just like gig run again. And you could say I'm talking my back, but I still only just have one and just one mutant. So it's not like a bag. Like it's not my life changing bag at all. And like, dude, like they've been accumulating like crazy. You have so much stuff happening. You get it around on crypto. You're going to get a run on legacy NFTs for the very, 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 very few legacy NFTs that are going to survive that. And then you're going to get like all the new projects. Of course, another round of like vaporware for sure. But anyways, so um, so we'll see what happens there. But I wouldn't be surprised, man. Like, do you guys think Board Apes, like, and I'm talking like, could you see Board Apes 50 ETH again, you think? In a, in a, in a, in a, let's say a 3, 4K ETH? 150K pop? Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it in a world where I don't. I don't see it in the next twelve months. Mm-mm, I don't see it in the, this bull run. Like, but I can see when they become cultural artifacts. Like, I think they they can have a high floor for sure. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I think, I think there's gonna be a, a world where like a lot of legacy stuff just pops like crazy, and then obviously art that's performed, like the artists that perform really well in a bear are just gonna rip in in, in the bull market in terms of like how they perform and whatnot. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're looking at all the ones that have done like really well, and then you have like the small emerging artists like Ovi. Like these people are gonna cook. Like <laughs> straight, he didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> all right stone hands stone hands all right well last but not least though let me bring up my boy richard zeng into the chat Yo, richard are you in school i am i skipped my first period just for this so hopefully <laughs> oh my god yeah are you skipping it's class right, to be on rug radio Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, my mom approved it, so it's fine. Okay. She signed me out of school. Um, okay. And the school gave me a whole conference room. I don't know if you guys oh, saw nice. but Yeah, I got a whole conference room to myself today. Yo, so that's, that's fire. <laughs> that's fire. So, Richard, yeah. are you still 15 or are you 16 now? I feel like you're 17 I, at least. I turned 16. I turned 16. You turned 16. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. I keep saying this amazing 15-year-old photographer, but I've been saying that for two years. So <laughs> it's like, like it's like in my head, my brother's also like still 20, but he's been like 22, I think. So it's like, it's just like, it's just that you get stuck yeah. in an age. But Richard, good morning. Good morning, Richard. Uh, so yeah. Richard is a good friend. I think the young, one of the youngest rug radio holders, mentors and whatnot. Uh, I've been following Richard for a minute, you know, since, since I think it was last bull run. Saw you come around, yeah. obviously saw you crush it. Uh, when it comes to like you know photography, NFTs, and whatnot, your work is amazing. But Richard, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, and uh, how the hell did you end up uh, in uh, in this space in the middle of school? Yeah, yeah. So GM, GM, everyone. Um, I'm Richard. I'm a 16 year old photographer from LA, um, and I kind of joined the NFT space back in like June, uh, May of like 2021. It was kind of after like the whole clubhouse thing. I kind of joined with a lot of friends and I remember like joining clubhouses, like spaces at like all the way to like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And it was just like a really (laughs) cool experience to like just hear hear everyone. I mean, like you were hosting there. That's how I kind of like saw you again. Um, And then obviously like Keith, who was working at time still back then, like he yeah. was like hosting spaces and that's kind of how like I got absorbed into the space. Um, and then, yeah, just like, and then I kind of got really interested, you know, as an artist, I mostly like posted through Instagram and all that. Um, and like, obviously like NFTs just really helped bring it home. And it was something that I thought, you know, was important. And as someone who like grew up in like the tech, like, I mean, social media and, you know, video games and all that, like, it just was something that like really made sense to me immediately. Um, so I joined Twitter. I kind of like started joining spaces. I became good friends with John, obviously. And that's kind of how I got introduced to rug radio as well. And then, um, yeah, like just kept on going, uh, you know, during the bull run, it was super fun. I managed to like, um, saw out my collections and then it was just, just yeah really awesome to know everyone and then yeah now i'm just kind of like still here i'm still here every day i'm like building a project of mine right now um that i plan to release um like later this year yeah you love to see that they see this is this is the thesis right there boys this is the thesis you know 14 year olds digitally native right you like the way no but the way you said it like you were 14 and it just made sense to you you're like, I'm on the internet, I'm playing video games. It makes sense, right? And you are digitally native, right? So you're literally born in that era where like you're born with an iPhone in your hands, right? So I think it's pretty cool. So what drew you to photography? Because like your work is really cool. Obviously, you're dynamic and how supportive your mom is about everything. So I, I, I think it would be interesting to talk about how a 14-year-old ends up, and I'm sharing the screen for anybody who's on YouTube or on X, we're, 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 we're obviously like screen sharing, but how does a 14 year old end up here shooting photos like that? Cause your work is awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, I kind of like started photography during the pandemic, like 2020 ish. And it was kind of just a way for me to kind of like 
express myself creatively. And um, like during COVID, it was also a pretty tough time. Like my dad, he works overseas a lot. So when like the pandemic happened, everything just shut down. So there's like no flights for him to like go back home. So it was just me and my mom. And like during that time, it was pretty tough. So like, like I, well, first I actually joined TikTok. Um, that was kind of when like TikTok was booming. Um, and I saw like a lot of like creatives, like creating stuff, you know, using that short form kind of format. So I kind of started copying them and doing the same. Mm. Um, and it was just like a really cool way to kind of like express myself creatively. Um, especially like when you're kind of confined in your house, like this was still like during when they had, you know, like all the like stay home kind of restrictions. Um, and at the same time, like, I think that's why I got so drawn to like kind of landscape photography. That's kind of the main thing I do. Cause during the pandemic, like, you know, we kind of only went outside like once a day to really like just go on yeah. a walk or something like that. And, you know, I really, really appreciated that. Like it kind of like was different from before um or you know you would just go out kind of like not pay attention to what's around you um but during the pandemic it was just like wow like like no one's here um and it just like really made me appreciate nature a lot um and that's kind of how i got like really really drawn into you know landscape photography um and as kind of things started loosening up like my mom saw that this was something like i was really passionate about um so like one thing we did kind of was just go on a lot of road trips. So a lot of the photos like that you see like on my feed are mostly just like road trips that me and my mom take. And it's, it's always really fun to like just bond with her and um, travel around, kind of see what's going on. A lot of the times it's like we're just like camping or backpacking. Um, so a lot of times it's like, I mean, she doesn't like it that much sometimes because like <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that like we've gotten lost in the middle of nowhere. Like, like my last big trip, like we got stuck in the middle of Utah. Like, oh my god! Like our car got stuck because um, we didn't have like a like a four wheeler or whatever. Um, so like we got lucky. Like the next day, some big ass truck just came over and like picked us up and like got our car out of the mud. But yeah, like. I mean, it's all these adventures that like really make me like appreciate, you know, um, nature and also, you know, just how beautiful and how amazing it is. Yeah. I love that. Shout out to your mom. Big shout yeah. out to your mom. That's right. Because that's, yeah. she, she, she made sure she signed you out of school to this morning <laughs> so you could make the show happen and gave you a whole classroom. How do your, how do your classmates feel about this? Like, do you talk about this at all? It's cool. Like, are you like the cool kid that's selling photography NFTs for four ETH? Like, <laughs> um, you would be surprised. You know, I especially like I, I I thought that like you know because it's people my age, like we would you know be really open kind of to like NFTs yeah. and all that. Um, but like obviously like it, it's gotten a bad rap and i think like a lot of the media that's reported on it that they consume has kind of like kind of warped their view um so like a lot of my classmates they kind of like joke around with like crypto and nfts so they um, make fun of you yeah a little bit i mean it, it's all fun and games and i <laughs> i think they also like know that it's something i'm really passionate about and and you know they're like yeah so it's it's really cool though um but it's also interesting because it's like, like I have friends that play video games that like, like CSGO, which is probably like one of the most popular games, like mm -hmm. they'll buy stuff, right? From like different marketplaces and that's all built on the blockchain. So I'm like, dude, like you're literally already doing this stuff. You just like, don't really realize it. Um, but, but yeah. I love that. No, listen, the narrative uh, definitely flipped. And I was curious about this because it's a big sentiment, right? Like they go, oh, NFTs, and then they make fun of NFTs. And, you know, when, when your classmates, let me know when your classmates start buying NFTs, I'll be selling into that this time around. Uh, but <laughs> just played, of course, Richard. I love that, though. Uh, and you're, it's different. I'm sure you show them your art and everything. And it's, they're supportive. It looks like your school is supporting you because I'm pretty sure... One day on Clubhouse or Spaces, you got in trouble for being in a space with me. Um, and you got caught. And uh, I think you were hiding in the bathroom or something. And you got caught. So let's not do that yeah, again. You sent me like a DM and you were like, yeah, like we're having this space. You should join. And I was like, okay. And then just like left class. 
join and then right when i walked out a teacher saw me and just like had her hands folded so that's she was funny. like yeah yeah i remember the photo you took <laughs> it is so last last thing here though you are here for a reason you are stubs our latest star stubs artist the city of angels so i'm going to share it uh on the screen here for everybody to see that dude gorgeous photo that you have uh for for um for Stubbs holders here at Rug Radio, which is super cool. Let me share my screen. Talk to us about this piece. Talk to us about the City of Angels, man. It's, it's really, oops, sorry. It's really beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, well, I, I grew up in LA for most of my life. So this is kind of like, you know, my hometown. Um, and obviously like LA is like where the entertainment industry is at. And it's also like where, you know, a lot of creatives are, right? Um, and I feel like also LA's culture is something that's like really, really well known, you know, around the world. And it's also really unique. Um, and it's always interesting because there's always different communities within, uh, within LA, even outside of downtown. Right. Um, so with this photo, I just really wanted to like capture kind of my home. And, um, also like, this is such a famous shot. It's something you've seen like everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wanted to kind of replicate that and. Also, this was really unique because this was right after like a lot of rainfall and, and snow that we got. Um, so it's really interesting to also like see a bunch of like snow still on the mountains. Um, and it was also, yeah, I was super lucky too because it just rained. So like it's super, super clear and you can see all the snowy mountains and all that. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, that is, uh, that is awesome. Mando, you've got a kid. Is your kid going to be a, 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 a NFTP gen? <laughs> Uh, slash artist uh, at 14 years old? Why not? Why not? Why not? Beauty yeah. of, of this creator economy. Like, yeah, yeah, you can do anything now. I love that. <clears throat> Mando's daughter is going to be doing like friend tech and giving like investment advice. <laughs> <years old>. uh, <laughs> she's going to be like, I'm long Bitcoin. Use my link or Robit. <laughs> Robit partner. <laughs> but Richard, listen, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I think it's awesome. I mean, if you started 14, which you did, uh, and you stuck around, you know, you stuck around and, and you're still here and we're ahead, uh, hopefully on the way for a new bull market uh, in the next 12, 24 months. So it looks like you're setting yourself up uh, at a young age here. And you're also, you know, onboarding your friends at school and your school is supporting <laughs> you. So I find that really cool. Richard, talk to us about what you got coming up before we take off. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm building something right now. Um, I've kind of like in the past year, been really focusing on not just art, but kind of building stuff kind of for the community as well. Um, like over the summer, like I, I worked at a startup and it kind of really got me exposed to like a lot of the kind of business side of things. And obviously like with art as well, you know, like you really have to kind of market yourself out there, right? Like, yeah, like I always say, like you can be the best artist in the world, but like if you don't really put yourself out there, like no one's going to be able to see your work. Um, so right now I'm, I'm building something called Unheard and it's basically an on-chain grant system. And kind of our goal um, is to help kind of elevate artists and give out grants um, to kind of the emerging artists in the space. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for me, like one of the biggest things was like that I realized as an artist was like, hey, one, you know, like, I just don't have the funds to, like, do this dream project of mine. Like, traveling is super expensive. And obviously, there's different mediums of art. Like, people have to, like, rent out studios and, you know, get equipment and all that. Um, and the second thing was, like, I just didn't know how, right? Like, to learn photography, I kind of had to, like, go online and kind of, like, just figure it out. There wasn't, like, necessarily, like, classes you could take. I um, mean, that's true for a lot of art, especially when it's something that's, you know, really creative and something that should be, you know, very personal. Um, so yeah, like the goal of Unheard is to really just, um, give out grants and also provide like this educational space. Um, and like we've partnered with like Maker's Place and, and Transient Labs and actually, yeah, we're, we're going to do, um, a gallery in Art Basel this year. Um, and we're having actually KD, uh, from your guys' team curating part of it. So hopefully I'll see you guys there as well. Um, it's kind of going to be like our launch party almost. Um, hell yeah. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Listen, uh, I can't, uh, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to, uh, to, uh, to see that, uh, happen. I can't wait to support it, Richard. So thank you so much, Richard, for coming on today. Go back to class. Yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, class, my next period's about to start. So this is good. perfect timing. All right, Richard. I'm proud of you, kid. Proud of you, man. You're killing it. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks, guys. But anyways, Ovi, I think we're just going <laughs> to end it here. Looks like we're having some technical difficulties to end the show. So with that, with that, with that, we'll see you all tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Jam 3 powered by Kraken NFT. Let's go.